Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. My rage is ultrasonic. My face! Oh my god, hit the theme music. Nailed it? That's some good theme music. Uh, By Anonymous Artist. Series of numbers. You know, one of these days, hopefully that artist will get some recognition and uh, make an impact on the music industry. God, let's hope so. That poor, poor guy who loves licking windows. Yeah. Gabriel, how dare you actually bring up the intro music? What? We are not supposed to do that. What? (laughs) Anyway, welcome, dear listener readers. Hello, everyone. To Slow Readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Top Gun Radio. Hear the conversations always on books. Hear the conversations always on reading. It's always on going from right to left it's always on not mentioning the the top selling musical artist we kind of use for our intro it's actually a b-side that was never actually released it's always about dreams it's always about uh redoing the ending of your comic because you were unhappy or rushed the first time around so you decided to do it again in a much longer fashion it's about bleeding something out before long after it deserves to be dead you're not very good too We'll get to that. Speaking of having a chip for a brain. Speaking of which, before we get there, (laughs) hold on. Let's pump the brakes for a moment here. Gabriel, who and what are you? Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I am a comedian every now and again. I'm a writer. I'm a podcast producer. I'm an audiobook producer every now and again. I'm a writer of some sort, but more often than not, you'll catch me behind the bar at the bar at Oyster House. My good man, co-host, who are you? Who? Me? No, the guy behind you. (gasps) No. I it's am... Doink the Clown. Go on. <laughs> I am Daniel Gonzalez. Hello, Daniel. Audio producer, writer, editor, and an author. Mm. Wait, no, I said that weird. Ed, uh, an audio uh, producer, editor, writer, and an author. An author. Yes. And, uh, yeah. The authoritative confident hub. That's the beginning and end of that. And, you know, I used yeah. to have, I used, I had those. There was the, um, it was the unauthorized Calvin and Hobbes. Well, no, there was some the authoritative, the indispensable, yeah. and the essential. I had two of them, and it weren't two of the ones that you mentioned. It was mm. one was one was uh, the unauthorized, another one was um, the one that you said. Indispensable. No, it wasn't essential. It. I think it was authoritative. A, no, authoritative. That's what yeah. it was. I had those, which was essentially it was two of the original graphic uh, novels, just just put in together for some reason. Like I would love to have a Calvin and Hobbes tattoo, but they're just so obvious. I can't think of one I'd want to get. Mm, yeah, I always want to get maybe, one of, that says "Mom" in a heart. Mom, heart. Ma'am, maybe get like a spaceman spiff or something. That'd be fun. Maybe get the uh, no, no. It's Welcome to idea. Tattoo Talk, where Daniel and I talk about all our potential future tattoos. Yes, and uh, of which it's I, I will very get one-sided. It is very one-sided because Gabriel has a lot of tattoos. I have mm-hmm. none. I have upwards of twenty at this point. Isn't that fucking wild? <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel, yeah, let's quit fucking horsing around because mm-hmm. we have a fucking let's microphone our to mics. fucking hit. Yeah, this fucking thing was pissing me off, and I just I just lost my anger. And fuck mics. All right, fuck mics. All mics can go fuck themselves. Correct. You Jordans, Jafoxes. Oh, Jesus! That's not the way I wanted to tighten it silently. I said I untightened it very noisily. Yes, you did. Yeah, this is us. Uh, this is a uh, this is a segment of the show where we usually we fuck around with our uh, mic stands. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Gabriel. We have a book to talk about. We do? And I think we're kind of... How dare you? Go on. I think this is this is us killing off one of our... Not killing it off, really. We're just burning it off. I mean, because mm-hmm. we, have, we have many sub-series. We do. Uh, some of them are uh, Brandon. We, Stranded. Brandon? Stranded. <laughs> no, Branded. Um, it's only like, some of them are Brandon. Like, who's Brandon? <laughs> uh, well, you do Stranded. We're going through all the Strand 80 books. Mm-hmm. Sucks. Uh, we have uh, Daniel Take My Hand, where we Correct. go through all the uh, Kenzie Gennaro bo- uh, uh, mystery novels written by Dennis the Hatred Lahane. Correct. Um, the other ones, Bewitchered. We're still doing that. We're still doing Bewitchered. We're still doing Bewitchered. We're actually, we should come back to it, except like the 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 second novel isn't available in mass paperback, which bums me out. Snarf. Um, that said, no. Snarf, snarf. We have one called Fanzerkunst. Fanzerkunst. Which yeah. Is, which we're going through the original uh, Battle Angel Alita manga series mm-hmm. done by Kishiro Kanaro. What the fuck is his name? Um, uh, Hold on. Hold on. Yukito Kishiro. Uh, Yukito Kishiro. Mm-hmm. A guy who I've just watched do interviews in, in the special features. Because you the... purchased the Battle Angel, uh, the Alita Battle Angel digital download? Yeah, yeah. Um, Starring Rosa Salazar. Not enough Rosa. A lot of James Cameron and a lot of, uh, what's his name? John Landau. Boring. Yeah. John it's Landau, who? He's the he's a, uh, Cameron's like, usual producer. No, Rodriguez? Fuck up his name? 
No, no, Rodriguez is in there. Um, well, speaking of which, that's actually what I want to get into because normally uh, we usually like to kind of go into detail about like the artist in some way sure. who I've done like the book and whatnot. We've done a lot of research. This is this is the final episode this... of our sub series on Battle Angel Alita by Yukito Kishiro. Fans are cruised. It's coming to an end, except maybe in a couple of weeks when you do um, Ash and Victor. Yeah, way to uh, summarize what I just said in a much more correct way. Gabriel, go fuck yourself. Fuck uh, you. That said, shut, shut the fuck up. Fucking dare you. Fuck you. I should stop playing with this. Gabriel, um, Your no. penis? Uh, so there's not rich, much we can say about uh, Kishiro. Mm-hmm. Yukito Kishiro. Kishiro. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and except for the fact that, yes, I bought the- He dig- wears newsboy hats? I, yes. And also he came to uh, he came to set wearing a motorball shirt. Um, Righteous. But, but no, uh, yeah, I watched. I was watching the uh, bonus features of uh, Alita Battle Angel, the 2019 movie starring Rosa Salazar, mm-hmm. which kind of started the whole- us doing this basically yeah. revisiting this because it was pretty cool yeah um and uh and also this is your favorite comic book series yeah well it, it formative i would say mm. not, not like my favorite what would you say is your favorite i don't know don't make me think about that right now fucking do it i'm on a track think here. i'm on track here bear down no gabriel bear down for midterms gabriel yeah so uh-huh i watched two of them two like the little like making of sure. features featurettes well one was uh uh from uh from page to screen whatever it was called from manga to like the big screen whatever the hell it was called manga to manga and then uh yeah that makes sense and then the one just on like make, making alita which sure. is basically whatnot you know but making alita was all right it was pretty cool seeing uh rosa salazar doing like they show like her initial screen test it really strikes me kind of funny how much like when you see rosa, rosa salazar not rosa salazar, yeah rosa salazar um when you see her and you just go like man i almost kind of wish they didn't make her a motion capture character because she looks like Alita. She already does. She she does. Like they she ma- got them pouty lips. She has those gigantic uh eyes already. Yeah. And like they made him com- they made him like golem sized for uh, I I the love the design of Alita in the movie. It, I really it, do. It's an interesting thing that like in the trailers it I makes look at this other and I just worldly. go Ugh. but I love it. In the movie, yeah, 100% works. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, the interesting thing is that when watching like them from manga to, from manga to, to screen, um dude's fucking in it. Fucking Yukito name I'll never forget. Yukito Kishiro <laughs> is in there. He's being interviewed, and they talk about bringing him on, and like all the talks that like James Cameron. When he was stumbled on about. a set, like piss drunk. <laughs> More like he stumbled on very quietly and nervously, and everyone's just like paying attention. You can tell he's like, "Yes, thanks for the attention, guys." Yeah, it's cool. It was like the first time he's ever been out of Japan, apparently. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah. He's a uh, uh, shy, quiet artist. You yeah, <laughs> who loves working on Battle Angel Alita and only Battle Angel Alita. Uh, which led to some kind of interesting insights. Isn't it still fucking going on? Yeah. Yeah, Um. Uh, what's it? Uh, Mars Chronicle. Mars Chronicle, yeah. What was the second? The oh, Last Order. Yeah. Last Order. Last Order, then Mars Chronicle. Okay. Um, Mars Chronicle was the only Move one. Move on, Yukito. But, uh, I mean, hey, it's making him money. <laughs> yeah, he's rich or not. He's fucking rich now. Um, that said, no, he, he talks a little bit about, like, what it was like uh, making Alita to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um... I feel like there's some interesting things that I wish I remembered better from that. That said, uh, he made a point where he grew up. He grew up in a time when he was a kid when, like, the great manga artists were, like, the, the capital G great. Like, the dude who did, like, Astro Boy. Like, um, uh, yeah. Um, uh... Oh, she. Wow. Oso. Oso. No. Oso. Jesus Christ. It was on the tip of my tongue. Oso is, like, a different artist. Yeah, that's it? Yasujiro Ozu, the film director. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. Um, oh, well, you can look it up, but, uh, but no, basically, so, uh, so basically, and basically he said as much that like at the time he thought that he would never be able to like break the mold. So he decided that Tezuka, Tezuka, also with Tezuka. Um, uh, and he, and he basically said like, oh, if I keep working in fantasy sci-fi, no one else was really doing it at that time. So like, like I have more of a shot because back when he started, it was the heyday of Gundam. Yeah, the back in the eighties, um, uh, like manga was mostly um, uh, like burly, masculine, um, of uh, like wish fulfillment things, like uh, like a Fist of the North Star. Fist mm. of the North Star was the most popular manga of like all of the eighties, and then it went down to a uh, Gundam and Fist of the North Star until uh, like a uh, um Toriyama and Dragon Ball kind of like revive like changed the manga industry in total. Which is true because uh, basically what I just said there, it seems kind of like the opposite of what you said but mm-hmm. that's what happened that's him when he was a kid like kind of yeah. like de- uh, devouring the material and whatnot um clearly it changed by then um also he said the point that like when he before he did this like basically the popular 
like like yeah sci-fi fantasy and also like like uh cyborg stuff like stories were very very popular including like yeah you even had like robot stuff with gundam and whatnot yeah um but uh he said that like uh a very big influence for example or a very big uh, man- uh manga series at the time was cyborg 0099 yeah 009 009 i made it on the adult swim tsunami block for a while yes um Great and it's, manga. it's something that like i've, I've always heard i've never seen it or read it whatever. that and a kakaider um, but he made the point that, like, basically at the time, uh, the attitude towards, like, cyborgs and whatnot were, like, cyborg 0099. It's not Alita. Alita yeah. would be 0099. There you go. Um, but, uh, yeah, basically it was all about, like, like characters having, like, existential crises for the fact that they're not human, that they're cyborgs. And he was like, well, let me tell stories that are all about cyborgs learning to live or like basically just like them discovering life or basically living as humans as cyborgs. Sure. Which is very interesting for something so kind of seemingly bleak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that, so like those are some of the things going into this. Um, but yeah, I, I recommend watching it. He gets, he just, he's I mean, talking. Like, yeah. His biggest influences were like, like Macross and Gundam and like v- votes or whatever it was. Oh. And like Urusei Yatsura. Yeah. He pointed out something else. There was like a, um, there was like oh, there was like one other show that uh, not show. There was like one other series that like he was like oh that was like this is like more of an obvious thing to like the, by the characters. Yeah. Uh, he also pointed out that originally when this started out, he uh, Alita or originally Galley. Galley. Uh, lots of the fans know already. The original name uh, in Jap in Japan, the character's name is Galley. Um, she she was like a she was like a secondary character, mm-hmm. and he had a more traditional male character. But basically, after a while, he was kind of like not yeah. sure where to go. He gave it to a reader and goes like, "Clearly, you like this Galley character way more than your Always central character. Always lead to be your most interesting character." And and so he was like, "Oh, what if I just write a story about her?" There's this uh, real fun story where um uh you know this better than I do. And like I do in the original like manga series and whatnot, you like uh, uh people like fan mail is very important. Yeah, and yeah. like, and there's also lots votes of votes and such. And such. Yeah. Um, when it comes to these weekly magazines, and a lot of manga um, is still published in a weekly magazine, and the way you survive is by getting people to vote for you. Yeah, it is. It's like the Nelson ratings for her. For, Nelson, for yeah, yeah. Nelson, sorry. Uh, Nelson. Him Nelson. Too. Him too. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, ha ha. <laughs> but, uh, but no, he said the point that like, so I, I wrote the original short story, which is probably like the first volume or issue, whatever. Sure. And he's like, and I got no mail. Uh-huh. And then there was basically a time when like things were going on, and then when it was a voting thing, he still had received no mail, so he was like, "Well, that's fucking it." Mm-hmm. And he, uh, when there were, when the votes came in, he came in third, which oh. is like, which is pretty impressive that's, for like a first timer. Yeah. So he's like, "All right, I guess I'll keep going." And then like there was at some point just like an avalanche of fan mail coming in. So like until then, he didn't know how successful the story was. Oh moment. golly, you devil! So no, it's uh, uh, I I recommend Gabriel, even you, uh, check that out. Hey. It's, it's pretty fun because again, you also get to see uh... this dude talk about the thing and now and then you'll talk about you'll see fucking john lando that horrible producer who's just being like this story is about something new a lot it's of hand action humanity. that you haven't seen meanwhile just it's like, amazing he is like the hollywood producer it's all about latinas it is there's a really strong uh uh, uh hispanic it's, it's flavor to, uh, yeah no that's what i yeah. love about yeah. yeah i'd watch isaac gonzalez just like mow the lawn <laughs> yeah there's a i watched the bonus feature on her though her her and her character yeah she played like some random uh, bad guy. Anyway, okay, bro. Yeah. Enough about that. I highly recommend. So, which volume is this, son? This is I actually haven't said. Uh, this is deluxe volume five. Yeah, the final one. Which in the original nine volume series, it What's is number nine. Only volume nine, the last one, which is actually kind of like a plus size one. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a si- like a, the size of like one of the regular volumes, and then like a half of one. Natch. Um, this deluxe version is that ninth volume plus uh, an offshoot. Uh, like a, a one shot, like kind a one of, shot like kind story. of thing, a yeah. guide in, if you will, like a little mini series, uh, called uh, Ash and Victor, mm-hmm. which is about a character who is in the motorball game. Yeah. He competes and whatnot. Um, it is done in a Frank Miller kind of like harsh black and white style. Cool, which is really interesting. Like it is starkly different from how Alita looks. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I think like if you look at the characters, a lot of them are very Western looking. Um, neat. Uh, we should do that at some point in the future. We're not going to do it for now. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, next time we, you and I are, f- are falling behind on our reading. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, I really like Ash and Victor. Yeah. Um, that said, we're not going to talk about Ash and Victor. Fuck that noise. We got, we got the last fucking, we got the end of the Battle Angel. The end times Angel. of Battle Angel Alita. Alita. Mm-hmm. To us. Yes. Because we're being stubborn. Mm-hmm. It even says in this book that 
Hey guys, just so you know, they uh, pull off, they pull a final <laughs> chapter of a uh, Dark Tower, uh, of Dark Tower yeah. on you. They go like, "Hey, just so you know, if um, you know, this is not the actual end. This is not the canon ending. This is not the canon ending. But like, if you want, go ahead and read this due to due to popular demand. Which I'm just like, yeah, yeah, no. because it was really published that way. You dope. Some of us don't like the other stories. Yeah, I'm not gonna read like all like sixty volumes of Last Order and Mars Chronicle. Can you imagine this? Because again, end the story, Yukito. This is this is nine. This is this is like the ninth volume. Mm-hmm. Like we've Gabriel. I mean, I'm very familiar with these stories. How do you feel? Having read these nine volumes, like more or less in a row, relatively short, close together. I'll tell you how I felt about it when I when you first loaned me these books back in two thousand and four. Um, this is a perfectly great ending. It wraps it up, and like that's all you fucking need. It's done. It's wonderful. Alita gets a happy ending. The world is resolved. <laughs> Destinova is now a, a, a fucking flower pot, and it's great. <laughs> it's lovely. I love the way this original series ends, and the very idea of him drawing out another. 40 volumes of Alita stories mm-hmm. frankly infuriates me. It's it seems so weird and I don't personally I And I I don't have the the the, the devotion to this series that you do. Yeah, yeah. And I did try to I forgot how far I got into Last Order. I feel like I got like 6 7 volumes in. Sure. Which the thing I want to point out was how crazy it is how 7 volumes of Last Order felt like a single volume of the original series uh-huh. based on its density. But like then the the reason why cuz um Last order, because uh, again, as we've, we've been saying, uh, uh, the uh, <laughs> Kishiro, mm-hmm. um, he said as much. Where uh, the ending of this, which is essentially like that kind of like half extra like volume that's included in volume nine, um, it's he basically was forced to end it because mm-hmm. um, he said due to like kind of like personal issues. Plus, I'm sure he was just fucking exhausted. Yeah, I'm, uh, the, um, the the Japanese manga machine is a fucking like. It's an abattoir. It's, it's a it grinds machine, yeah. you out. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. kills you. And like maybe, and he was probably going through some of that plus like other things or whatever. He's it's always been kind of vague, but uh, basically he he kind of was just like, well, I need to I need to wrap up Alita and I need to wrap it up quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, revisiting it, yeah, the ending of this does feel rushed. It's very rushed. It's incredible. It is essentially it's like we're gonna go up here, bang, bang, this happens. It's and over. Then, it's yeah. almost like melodramatic. It's a lot of people screaming. Mm-hmm. It is nothing but people screaming. Yeah. Um. Daniel, quickly. Yes. Before we go into the beat by beat of this to, for our loving audience, <laughs> um, do you remember what they called the other end of the space satellite thing? Because it makes a lot of sense yeah. in this, where it's Jeru and Zalem. So what was the other side sense? of? Because it's Jerusalem. Oh. Did you not catch that? No. Does anyway. It say, does that say it in a footnote in this? It does. Oh, well, I, it's obviously Jerusalem. I, I skimmed this one. Yeah. I know the other yeah. one. But the then, original so name. What's Typharis? What's it, the other half of Typharis? Kaiferis. Kaiferis? Yeah. It was like Kefaris, maybe? I don't uh, remember. Sure, right, whatever. Um, but no, that's what it was. Uh, Curious. Because uh, as for people who aren't terribly familiar, maybe have seen the movie and whatnot, spoiler, um... There and it always has been talked about this ever since the volume, the original volume two, mm-hmm. um, that basically uh, Zalem, aka Typharies, uh, is basically suspended in air due to some kind of interesting physics thing where there is a long shaft sticking up, and then at the very top, you had me at long shaft. There is like another, there's like another point that a counterbalance, yeah, a counterbalance essentially that works with like the atmosphere and whatnot. Plus, there's like a ring around the world or whatever. Yeah. Um. And so, and that was actually a starport city. Because uh, as Starport City, as what is kind of like hinted in like the back history of like this world before it went to shit, was that yeah this was a very very advanced uh, te- uh technologically advanced uh, humanity uh, civilization yeah um that basically uh, extended to the stars mm-hmm. while Earth kind of went to shit yeah, yeah. wait so Daniel you know, is is this scrapyard is is it Earth yeah actually it's okay. uh Kansas. Oh, that's right, Bar Kansas. Yeah, no, it's Bar. It's Bar. It's only as a Bar, like Bar Kansas. Obviously, like you know, I don't know if that's one hundred percent like. Well, clearly, there, it's America. There, there's a famous New York bar called Max's Kansas City, which is a famous punk club. Yeah, there you go. Maybe it's based on that because the dude's a big fan of uh, heavy metal. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but no, yeah, this is uh, Alita takes place in America. Actually, the, the remains cool. of America. Sure. Yeah, which is kind of an, an interesting choice. That's why all the Germans in there. That's why. Yeah, that's why there's a lot of German uh, martial arts. Yeah, that's which is very interesting. I, yeah, I like good math. I like the idea. That that again we'd probably talk this before the idea about like a machine martial arts is is in german yeah because it sounds cool Panzerkunst is a cool name yeah i know but anyway um so that said uh should we go down a blow by blow of what happens in this volume oh but no i, I do want to say real quick last order i i don't want to do it too much because it's for, 
not even to to make a to make a fool out of Dragon Ball Z, but like it's very Dragon Ball Z e. Sure. And it's not necessarily what I want out of Alita. I think also what's interesting is that um, Last Order was published in a Shonen Jump subsidiary, so yeah. it's Shueisha, which means it's part of a weekly or I think it might be monthly actually. So that one much more than you know the original Battle Angel Alita comics are very very standalone. The volumes mm-hmm. feel like long in depth things. The chapter breaks are lo- are, f- are few and far between, whereas. Um, Last Order begins following the standard manga model of like 20 pages end of chapter it becomes formulaic and you, it's forced to fill in space yeah that's why you'll see like there's like however many models of like, you see the Bandle Angel Lee the original run books and they're like individual volumes versus Last yeah. Order which are straight up tanko bonds they're, which yeah. are just like like a unit yeah they're like all 20 volumes or whatever of Last Order is like a single unit as mm-hmm. opposed to in this where, for the most part, every single volume feels like like a complete story. Yeah, and uh, you no, know, no, it's there's it's not very memorable. It's, it's a lot of just like mindless fighting and people talking about like, hey, I'm very powerful. Oh my god, you're more powerful. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's All the that. wear and tear you have in an ongoing manga. You know, that, and, I, and I, that's for me, the guy who loves manga. One of the uh, one of my favorite moments of uh, Last Order <laughs> is that it's like in like the first volume issue, or whatever. It was the only thing that was memorable. The minefield thing. It's uh, yeah, it, when Galley, when she was in Mars as a little child or as a, a war orphan, um, a warphin, a warphin, as mm-hmm. they like to be, as they love to be called. They love to be called warphins. Uh, <laughs> But no, uh, she's. Can I talk ba- about that movie idea I had about the 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 war? Oh, stop it! No, right, come on. No, don't bring that up. It's such a good movie it's idea. Terrible. It's a great movie idea. Right. It sounds like Polnyak's um uh, pygmy. What's that? Uh, I'll tell you later. All right. Uh, but um, but no, it just basically has a child. Like basically, some soldiers are basically like, "Hey, this is a minefield. We can't get through it. So, kids, we're putting you to use." And basically, like a little a little child friend like meets a baby Yoko, uh, ga- uh Galley, and basically is like, "Well, let's a just Baba keep Yoko? watching the stars while we keep watching and whatnot." And it's super cool. fucking haunting and you dark. Yeah, Kishiro is a good writer. Yes, and is, he's a great draftsman. He's an incredibly talented artist. I don't, but I don't care for it when he's not able to like plan ahead. It just doesn't. Work I feel like yeah, he needs like, like he doesn't work in the machine. He's better off doing like. Like, like, look at, like, Frank Cho or Frank Miller. These guys take a million fucking years to publish one thing, and it's, it's like, heralded as the next great thing. I know. I wish he... I wish everybody had the career of Mazamino Shiro. Yeah. You did your monumental earth-shattering series. And now you just drop porn. And then you just and then you just fucking diddle with pornography. Yeah. And it's like... Mazumin, That's the dream! Mazamino Shiro, you fucking did, like, the cyberpunk You comic. fucking did it. What are you doing now? It's like, well, look at these wonderful tits I've dropped. <laughs> hey, I just... You know, all I do all day, every day, give myself boners. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, man. All right, and ever, and everyone's just like, "This is wonderful." He's like, "This is art." Anyway, so that's it. I'm sorry, so, Gabriel. Yeah, you've just read uh, Deluxe Volume Five, aka Volume Nine. Yeah, uh, Gabriel, give us a blow by blow. What happens in this? All right, T to B. Last time that's we about- left Amalita, she's arrived at Destinova, her nemesis, the mad scientist, whose entire goal is to challenge karma. Mm-hmm. He's the kind of mad scientist who creates freaks of nature just to see what'll happen. Mm. But also, he, he has he has an air of nobility to him, of like you know, like the kind of people that uh, let's say, for example. Dr. Ian Malcolm would have contempt for the mm-hmm. whole could not should thing. Yeah. So does he know? He's all could. He's all could. <laughs> yeah. No should. So um, Alita has zeroed in filing Dusty Nova's um like lab of his fucking creepy ass amusement park where mm-hmm. his kid or has his son Chaos the psychometric radio DJ slash samurai. Still my least favorite character. <laughs> I love him. Anyway. Um, Alita confronts Desinova, the man who's plagued her all these many years, and she's been a young one. Yeah. He's um, uh, he's had a hand in basically developing most of the villains, most of, this of her show. nemesis, and yeah. And so, um, she confronts him, and he kind of gets deep into her mind using some kind of hack brain hacking nonsense. Yeah, he... and he um uh, he basically fights her in Alita's own mind. So I'm um, creating scenarios to try and wear down her will. And Gabriel, how does he do this? Because he's just a dude, and Alita's Alita. I don't and... know. Fucking hacking, yeah, hacker man. He basically sets up. Uh, how does Rami Malek do it? He he puts her he puts her in a dream state where basically she's like a. Like a, a young, uh, well, not young. She like in like early on in the series when she's on the streets with Ido. Yeah, she I'd... forces she forces her to kill her father figure multiple times. Yeah, and and like now and then, like he wears it down where like she doesn't wake up when she kills him. So she's yeah. forced to kind of live with the grief of having done that. Yeah, until she's basically worn down to kind of like accepting it. 
Yeah, so she lives a life in this... In the, so a lot of this volume is in this mental game that Desinova's playing within her. And Chaos, um, again, Desinova's son, who's a, like technopath kind of thing where he communicates with machines he fights his own father in the machine and tries to wake alita up from the dream Mm -hmm. um so we have some gripping moments inside alita's mind before she finally escapes and she um confronts Destinova. she reveals the truth of the zolomite's brains oh yeah yeah well we should before we get into this um i should say uh, we're going to talk about a major spoiler here. Spoiler alert! Because, again, I do want to say that uh, the one of the big central mysteries of this whole thing is, like, the secret of the Zalamites, mm-hmm. which is, like, kind of referred to but never really spent too much time on. But we've seen Ido lose his mind because he discovered the, the secret of the Zalamites. Desti Nova says that ba- uh, a lot of, like, the reason, the, the reason for wh- why he is the way he is is because he discovered the secret. He's one of the people who actually heard of the mm-hmm. secret of the Zalamites. Who knows the truth? So again, and honestly, this the reveal is totally fucking worth it. It's pretty it cool. Is, it's it pretty is pretty awesome. amazing. So I'm into it. We do want to say, listener readers, if you don't want to hear this, just uh, skip ahead to when we play the game. And then when we come back, we're not going to talk about anything spoilery. All right. Um, so you've been warned because spoilers. Gabriel, what is the secret? Tell us about the scene of uh, revealing the uh, the secret of the Zalamites. So, it um, uh, Alita desperately wants to know from Desinova what drove Ido insane. Ido was her father figure, the first man she loved. As like you know, he mattered the world to her, and if it was a secret bad enough that Ido wiped out his whole memory. So apparently, yeah. it's this world-ending reveal. He 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 would rather lose the memories of Alita. Then, then Go on continue remembering that memory. Yeah, and so Nova takes a saw to his own forehead, cuts off the top of his head, and reveals the Zolomites, after a certain age, have no brains. Mm-hmm. It is a microchip in their fucking heads. Yeah. <laughs> and Daniel, may I ask? I, I love. I remember this reveal. This is one of the few things I remember of the latter half of this series uh-huh. from being in high school. And I want to come back now to this question I meant to ask you like last week. <laughs> Daniel, if you found out that you had no brain but a microchip, how would you react? It is... That is such... Like, because I, I would almost be like, well, I am still me. That's the, that's the rational kind of a- I, element I, of it. I was thinking about it, and I think part of the reason why... Like like the 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 director of the whole um uh, the the robot series whatever the A one thing, the, yeah yeah uh, the, the triggered I don't know this <laughs> guy yeah I've the, known him I've the, never... the tech whatever anyway that um it's the it's the feeling that you no you are no longer human you are no longer yourself you are programmed so I guess like you no longer have control over yourself if you are a pre made microchip. I guess that's 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 the unbearable revelation. If mm-hmm. it turned out that my brain was exactly the same brain, but then it's a microchip and Vidisky, but the idea that I've been programmed mm-hmm. that is hard to swallow. The the other end of this is that uh, the Zalamites are defined by their privilege, yeah, and the fact that they are the superior race, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and for example, that dude whose name shall yeah. go forever unknown in, yeah. in history. Um, Jeff, when like his, I think his bigger reaction is when is Alita's kind of gut reaction is seeing it. She goes, "Are are you even human anymore?" Yeah, and uh, and his reaction is being like, "Like what? No, this is like this is bullshit." Zalem Zalem is like the perfect city, whatever. And he in a fit of madness cuts off his own the top of his, his skull dome. and sees and just absolutely loses his mind when he sees that his brain is in fact a microchip. Yeah. Um. Also, uh, a very interesting uh. Uh, a, a juxtaposition here because on the surface level you have human beings that are essentially brains in boxes yeah um and, and again like uh dude's idea about this story is that like let's show them let's show like them how they live mm-hmm. like the positive like, you know and whatnot and you've seen many pe- beautiful examples of humanity uh from people who are essentially brains and fake bodies and Zalamites are the opposite. They're yeah. robots wearing human bodies. Yeah. And it's, it's I guess, very I guess interesting. That's the line that are you now a robot because your entire brain is a microchip? Yeah. I guess that's what that's what drives you insane. Does that are you a well like are, are you a person? Are you human? It comes down to the whole karmic question. Do you no longer have any predestination? Do you have any agency if you are a program? Yeah. So I get that. All the same, if it was me, I'd be like, shit! 
Well, if that doesn't change that much. Uh, yeah, it'd be... I'd be much like Lou, being like, oh, <laughs> my well, are gone, yeah. all right then, here goes my hiccups. I like uh, the, the other dude, the other doctor guy who like... He like kinda, cuts, and cuts, it's like, where'd he go? Comic cuts you, jumps yeah. to his death. Like, <laughs> it's like, where'd he go? And he's already jumped. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, anyway, so yeah. um, uh, Alita discovers the truth of the Zolomites. Desi Nova shows her. And um, she... Which also wipes out the the, the A1 Toon series as the well. Toon because series, everybody yeah. in that fucking office was wiped out. fucking nuts, well, cause, yeah. Because dude cuts off his head then he wanders back to the office with the top of his head gone and going hey guys can i have Check my brain out. back my brain. and people are just like oh my god and then uh uh zalem a uh, robot, robot shows and, up like, shoots darts in everyone's eyes it's like contained yeah it's <laughs> so. pretty great so um uh, alita decapitates desi nova but you can't give a good man down but so she escapes having killed nova finally achieved her revenge finally mm-hmm. achieved the kind of a uh, piece of her destiny and Chaos goes his own way. Chaos wants to build a tower to Zalem to try and finally create a peace between Zalem and the and the people. But what happens to Alita? Alita gets fucking suicide bombed. That <laughs> Destinova gets the last laugh. He where had, um, had... Alita's on her way to finally be a figure and be happy. And when a little baby doll, like fake thing, she runs it over and becomes a suicide bomb that kills Alita. And that's the end of the canon of the series. Yes. Um, the... We do want to say one thing before we, before, because that's when that page, the, canon? the hard cut. Yeah. One thing that happens, and it's my favorite thing, because again, I said last time, like when when we meet him, one of my least, when, like I do not like Den when we meet him. He just is like an overgrown giant adversary for Alita again. Yeah. Um, he's like another big guy the or whatever. adversary from fables. And then we kind of learn that like, oh, he's actually, uh, like basically part of chaos. He's part of chaos. He he's is like chaos is rage. And then like every time we go into, we return to den, he actually becomes more interesting. And I love his final, his final scene in this Yeah. where essentially like, first off we have that, the thing I was trying to remember last time it actually happens in this one. Where like you see that that scene where like chaos has like a little child, just like beats someone to death with his fist. Yeah. His and his hands his, get like wrecked. Yeah. And like, and it's just the idea that uh, Destinova saw this and realized that there's like something else inside of his son, uh, gave it its own like mechanical body that's connected to uh, chaos through like a thing in his chest, mm-hmm. um, and like essentially, yeah, it just went. It's just like this thing of pure rage and whatnot, and that basically led to him just saying like, "Well, he he's defined by his purpose. He's defined by his rage." Yeah, it's a real me myself and Irene kind of situation. Oh, I was gonna say like he he's defined by this, so that he kind of defined himself through the rage in which he puts against Zalem. So. The idea that, that okay. so that's really cool and i love again like one of those really final things that den this kind of like who's kind of like impressively uh when he's falling to bits but he gets to like one of the giant uh support cables whatever and he goes like with my last breath i'll, I'll cut this down and mm-hmm. send the whole he thing goes down. full con and then when he <laughs> when he goes to cut it his sword breaks i laughed out loud when i saw that it goes clank and i'm like ha it's it's pretty brutal <laughs> yeah it's like Whoop. and then and then den just goes well, that's it. I died. And he just crumbles. Yeah. Um, Kayomi's all like, oh, no. And Kayomi lived. Um, a really nice thing where she is saved by uh, the, her... Her papa. Uh, adopted father, her papa. Uh, who's an, a miserable drunk at this point. Yeah, the guy who owned Ma- um, Bar Kansas. Yeah, who who, um, who became an alcoholic after Alita left. And then now he runs in and like le- she lands on him. He splats, but still lives. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You know, so, you know Kishiro. So, yeah, no, I just I want to say that because that, I really like those stuff. Um, and, I thought it was fine. And I, again, not to get too far ahead, but... Dan- Den is so uninteresting to me. Den Den was so uninteresting to begin with, and I he got interesting. I guess. Anyway, Gabriel. So, so here's how the rest of the series plays out. Yes. Um, Alita wakes up having been blown up, being reconstructed into a new, even better body by Destinova, who oh was god. alive there in fucking Zalem. Oh my god. So Destinova, agent of chaos as always, kind of like shepherds her lightly into basically the complete destruction of what Zalem is. Mm-hmm. They go to the heart of the machine where it turns out that Zalem has had no space contact for many, many years at this point. And the machine, the AI, commits suicide, basically, <laughs> faces the reality of everything. And- it's such a wonderful... <laughs> I love that. Like the, the central AI for all of Zalem commits suicide. It just yeah. drops on out of like a out of Zalem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, Alita is the only one who, thanks to her super berserk body, can fix the system. That uh, uh, Destinova gives her a thing, which lets her body be a bonding agent to make sure Zalem doesn't fall and crush the scrapyard. Mm-hmm. Alita does it, thinks fondly of figure, and dies. 
And Dusty Nova goes insane because this goes against his entire mental code of he wishes they'd all just die or else (laughs) it goes counter to his humanity. Yeah. So Dusty Nova goes nuts, Alita dies, and all of Zalm becomes a plant, and plants become friends, and many years <laughs> later, a uh, figure, yeah, figure shows up and finds um, a crazy Nova along with uh, Kayomi, who's an adult now, mm-hmm. and they find Alita in a little magic pod based on the plant world that yeah. she built. But supposedly, Destiny Nova, even as a, as a as yeah, he tried to, he brought her one. back. He brought her back, yeah. in, in a moment of lucidity. And Alita's alive and has nipples. And the end. Yeah, she has a she has. It looks like she has a, a straight up a human, human body, body. Essentially, it's, it's she has flesh. It is essentially. A very Nipples! happy ending. Stop it. It, <laughs> yeah. it is it is a very happy ending for this and whatnot. Um, that is undone because Kishiro needed to do more. I'm fine with the ending. I like Re- that ending. Revisiting. I, I've always, don't get me wrong, I vastly prefer it, of course. I love Figure. Figure is a great character. I, I love Figure. I, it's a bit upsetting that he was essentially only really in that one volume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the first thing you told me, the first thing I asked you when you told me that Last Order was a thing is I'm like, so is Figure in it? No. He's not? No, at I, all? Well, I don't think so. I don't know. I, well, to be, I don't know. I only got seven volumes into like happy 20 fucking 20 something things and then like 30 Mars Chronicles, cool. whatever. And, and figure's way better than you go. I'm assuming what like Mars Chronicles is about, but like in Last Order, they go into the um, uh, Kai Fairies, aka Jeru. Jeru. Uh, with a spaceport and whatnot, and then I'm assuming a Mars Chronicle. It's all about kind of like either going to Mars and also to the various other. Uh, there is there is a really awesome scene where um they they t- <laughs> the Earthling humans talk to like the other like non somewhat not human races that are out there that they've kind of done, including like one that's just like this grotesque job of the hut society that like as delicacies eat their young. <laughs> Oh, it's really fucking cool. Solid. Yeah. Now and then there's like this little moments. It's like, that's Alita. Gotcha. Anyway. So, so Daniel, that's the story of um uh, the final volume of Battle Angel Alita. Yes. Now, um, Daniel, how do you feel as the, as the man behind Fanzer Kunst, as the one who wanted to do the series, as the guy who introduced me to this whole thing, how do you, let's, let's completely discount any Mars Chronicle, last order stuff. Yeah. How do you like this, the way this ends? Does it make sense to you? You said it was rushed. What, it, it, does this work for you? It feels painfully rushed. And I don't know if that's because I know it's rushed or like I can, I feel it's very rushed. Cause again, that entire, the entire stuff about Alita and Zalem, it is like, it's an, one volume. It is an issue. Yeah. It's a single chapter and it's, that could have been a whole book. And it's just basically a lot of people yelling and screaming mm-hmm. like everything in it is screamed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There are there are moments and it's that work and it's fine, but again, it does feel very very truncated. Mm. It, it, it does, and again, maybe it's because I know it is, and it's just my mind telling me that it is, and then just being like, yeah, I can see that. No, it it genuinely is. It's that's not in your head. Yeah, that if, if you if you did not if you were reading this in real time, you'd be like, wait, what? That's it? Yeah. It, uh, okay. It'd be kind of crazy, and like the nice thing about it is that the ending is such like a almost like a pitch perfect ending to everything mm-hmm. that like you very much accept it. It is almost it. I would dare say yeah, it goes, it goes full Pinocchio by the end. I would. She's da- a real girl sure. and she um isn't, and she has her love of her life. <laughs> what was that thing? Oh, that was in Fox eight. It's like, and uh, Pinocchio wants to be, wants to be a real boy. So Geppetto can stop hitting him with hammer or something. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> Fox was so hefty. Fox eight. Um, but no, that said, uh, yeah, that said, I would dare say, you know what? It's almost too perfect. Almost as if it's like, hey, here's the ending that you want. That's what I want. I would doubt it. I would dare say that it actually feels almost like a little too almost pandering. Uh, that that that's kind of like this. It feels rushed. I don't rushed quite agree because okay. I, I think that I, I it's definitely a rushed. But this is the best possible happy ending for the character. Yeah, and, and I think it's I think it's lovely. It 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 treats it like like the fairy tale it always could have been where Alita deserves her happy ending and she gets it with the man she loves and it's like yeah. after everything she's been through I mean like especially in the last two volumes she gets put through the ringer she loses a leg she loses an eye and uh, that's that's one of the reasons definitely why the happy ending truly works because this is not like yeah there are many unhappy endings in this yeah I mean even like like you know the motorball thing with Jasugan mm-hmm. and you know everything uh everything is so bitter and melancholy and kind of like you know whatnot 
that it's that yeah to have this be a, to have us have a truly like happy ending and whatnot is kind of like like oh shit yeah you earned that yeah, yeah. guys if there's anybody out there who is a super hardcore last order and mars chronicle fan please message us we'd love to have you on the show tell us what goes on because i couldn't give two fucks because i really like the way this ends uh, yeah listeners who just are following along with us next time you're at barnes and noble just look through these battle ninja books because these these five deluxe volumes are a wonderful tight little story and i think it's great one last thing i want to say uh-huh <laughs> also in that bonus feature making of yeah there's a point when uh they visit when uh kishiro visits i think during like the it was either the end of his visit or it was like during like the movie premiere or whatnot mm-hmm. and hem and uh james cameron gave each other gifts okay or it was john lando too but who cares about him who gives a shit uh kishiro's gift to them was the entire box set deluxe hardcover to uh battle angel Alita. so exactly these but in box form great and he signed them and whatnot which sure. is kind of cool and <laughs> james cameron gave him avatar an avatar poster oh no an avatar kidding. poster that was signed and also an avatar art book fuck that James. <laughs> and they're the they're i gotta dare say both of them are kind of the dumbest kind of thing yeah terrible i mean i don't it's one thing for kishu to be like hey here's the show but with like you know like it's signed and whatnot and it's super cool looking like you, you, <laughs> so, you couldn't have like given him an original sketch that would have been better than the volumes it, it would be you'd figure because james cameron's a is, he's a he's a drawer right Oh. Yeah, he yeah he does a map painting, so he's definitely an illustrator. Oh. I get him confused with Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott's like a master hand, like he can stencil anything. Oh. But um, uh, no, it's like he'd be cool if like he did like a sketch of like of like Alita in like the movie or whatever, and like signed it. And yeah, that'll be cool. Or have like have like Alita with the Terminator, so, you know, something cool like that. Yeah, something awesome. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, like, here's fucking the, here's, here's the shit. Avatar art book. <laughs> yeah, come on, James, get your shit together. Oh. You're one of the richest men on the planet, I'm sure. Here's, fucking get it together. Here's a fucking uh, oceanic trench I named after you. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. All right, All right. I'll tell you what, we're gonna go a break. All right. Uh, join us later on. We do final thoughts and hazy memories and whatnot. Uh, Gabriel, right now, let's throw a break. We're gonna play a game. All right, I'm so excited. Poot game. Hello everyone, we're back at it. I'm still Gabriel. Yeah, I'm still Daniel. He's still Daniel, and we're still the slow readers. How slow are we, Gabriel? So fucking slow. We're like molasses in January and the polar ice caps in Mars. Oh, thanks for There are no months in Mars. Yeah, thanks for uh, bringing me back. I have my hands full. (laughs) Yeah, I see. Gabriel, now it's time for us to play a game. What kind of game? Well, it's not... What's it? <laughs> Patterson Cuts of the Woods. Yeah. It's not that. It's not Bosch Cross Bones. Not Bosch Cross Bones. Uh huh. It's a play on what you did last time, which was. Horror Bunches of Oats. Horror Bunches of Oats. Horror bunches, bunches of Oats. Horror Bunches, Horror Bunches, Horror Bunches of Oats. Hey! Specifically, Gabriel, this mm-hmm. game, it's, as you played it last time, is that, hey, uh, I'm going to read you. I don't want to keep saying hey. Uh, I'm gonna, trying to meet you. I'm going to read read you a uh, synopsis for a story, and you need to tell me uh-huh. whether or not it is a Joe's Carol Oates story uh-huh. or uh-huh. a horror movie. Okay, from like the 80s, 90s, or whatever. sure, whatever. Gabriel, I'm gonna i i kind of i kind of played around with it a little bit because this is basically is it a Joe's Carol Oates story? Yeah. Or okay, is it a David Cronenberg movie? Okay. I I'm pretty much sure I know all of Cronenberg's movies. Do you? Yeah. Well, we'll I, see. I, it could be very easy. We'll see. That's it. Mm-hmm. For example, Crash. Let's start. Let us start. Okay. With this one. Mm-hmm. Out of seven. All right. Cue the horror music. That's Pumpkin a, spice season. One. Set in an apparently idyllic New England college town in the 1970s. Okay. This is the story of Gillian Brower. Okay. A talented young student obsessed with her charismatic anti establishment English professor, Andre Haro. Knowing that other girls preceded her does not deter Gillian from being drawn into the decadent world of Professor Haro and his wife, Dorcas, the outrageous... Sculpt- Dorcas? Dor- <laughs> it's like, it is like... Angle your mic closer to D- your mouth. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to... One second. Uh, Use the arm. No. Here, let me move the, let me move move the, the, move the mic. There you the, go. Thank you. This is all staying in. Dorcas... The, I, I, Dorcas don't I, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it very much looks like it's Dorcas. The outrageous sculptor of primal totems, Gillian soon stumbles into the nightmare into a nightmare of carnal desire and corrupted sexual innocence. Oh, man. Is that a David Cronenberg movie or a Joe's Carol Oates story? And for special points, if you know what the movie is, what is the name of the movie? 
Gosh. If it is David Cronenberg. Um, I don't... Um, I, maybe I don't know Cronenberg as well as I thought. That sounds very well like it could be a Cronenberg, but I don't think it is. Um, as far as I recall, Oates doesn't do a lot of the supernatural. She does mostly the disgusting human appetites, that kind of thing. That sounds a lot like Cronenberg. Well, yeah, but Cronenberg does dip his toe into the supernatural. Um, let's say that's Oates. Gabriel? Yes, Daniel. Hey! You're right! That is Beasts, a novella by George Carroll. Mm, but what of which, of which nation are they? Uh, what? Don't worry about it. Fuck off. <laughs> <clears throat> no, it's like this thing. I, I actually own it. Um, In the beginning, it's basically like the, the totems of women and whatnot, how like they're basically, de- they're like, they're like, uh, you know, like old fashioned, like, like, uh, what do you call it? Fertility goddesses. So like, sure. it's literally just like this, this like. Daniel, do you round... think I don't know about fertility goddesses? Yeah. It is, so it's like, it's like this headless, big breasted, big belly like, yeah. thing. I love those things. They're and very, very fascinating. The, the young protagonist is basically just referring to them, how like, they're just, re- they're just turned into beasts That's in terms cool. of like their thing. anyway god so. who's that painter in, in in the moma there's a wonderful painting by a painter who i really like i can't remember the name or it's like a, it, it's like a distorted amazing powerful portrait of a woman who's basically a fertility goddess <laughs> god damn it okay it doesn't matter because we're moving on okay number two scary music time a man tries to uncover an unconventional psychologist therapy techniques on his institutionalized wife amidst a series of brutal murders. Mm. The murderers in the story seem to be a reflection of the toxic relationship between the man and his institutionalized wife. I should say some of these are copy and pasted, some of them I've edited, and some of them I've actually written. Sure, 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 sure. Gabriel, sure, sure, sure. is that David Cronenberg mm. or is it Joseph Calrods? I think that's another Oates. Is that your final answer? It is. Epic fail. Fuck! Which one is that, that one? That is the brood. Oh, oh yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, I skipped over one line. The murders are committed by mysterious, deformed, tiny people. Oh, yeah, okay, then that's the fucking brood. Yeah, but the monsters... Yeah, no, it's... um. Uh, Cronenberg uh, came up with that story uh, during his very, very... Uh, uh, trying, his gay face? Yeah, his gay face. No, when he was going through like a very, very, very brutal divorce from his wife. And basically, if you look at the brood, it's just kind of born from that kind of negative mind space. So sure. It's really interesting. Hey, Possession's all of my favorite movies. Uh, I have it on, uh, what do you call it over there? Uh, Criterion Blu-ray. Okay. Gabriel, okay. okay, moving on. Yeah. This one's short. All right. Number three. A businessman desperate to find his missing two also count score keep score for me uh, 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 one, uh, one, uh, one. One, one, one and zero to find one his one. Right, a businessman desperate to find his missing two-year-old grandson must determine whether the horrifying tale his junkie son tells him about the boy's whereabouts is a confession or a sick test i think that's oats you think that's oats i think so Hi. Hey, that is Suicide Watch by Joyce Carol Oates. That sounds deeply upsetting. It is a very upsetting story. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> very upsetting. It is. It is incredibly. Yeah, I. It's. I recommend reading it. Sure, I can't um, wait to read Zombie. <laughs> yeah, I gotta be honest. As like difficult as something like Suicide Watch is, mm-hmm. Zombie. It's just like being in the midnight. Anyway. Well, did you hear? Oh, we got a shout out last week on the Whip Around podcast. Oh, we did. I yes, missed we it. Did. What, what, what happened? Well, there's a there's a person in Los Angeles who um. Uh, Went through very serious modification to look like a snake. And um, uh, they're like, in Los Angeles. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Gabriel. Oh, uh, hi, guys. Hi, Phil. Hi, Sean. How y'all doing? And Dave and Jill. Hi. Did you get my package? I didn't send them anything, did I? I don't think you did. Fuck. I think I did. I owe, I owe Phil some stickers. Gabriel. Yeah. You are two for one. Two for one. Doing very well. However. It's pronounced two. We're moving on. Okay. Number four. Dead Ringers. A young woman okay. develops a taste for human blood okay. after undergoing experimental plastic surgery, and mm. her victims turn into rabid, bloodthirsty zombies who proceed to infect others, which turns into a citywide epidemic. Gabriel, is that a David Cronenberg movie? That doesn't sound like an Oats story. That doesn't sound like an Oats story. I wonder if it but is. also, I figure I would have heard of this Cronenberg. He only has so many movies. He only does. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he's done like a weird like pandemic kind of thing. Let's say that's Oats. So that's uh, have Oats? I guess Oats almost every time? I think. Have you? I think I might have. I think yeah, because the one you got wrong was the David Cronenberg. Uh, was the Brun. Yeah. So Gabriel. Yeah. Final answer. Yar. Is it? Fuck! Did I just? I just lost it. Good job. Okay. Shit. 
No, this is really long. He has a long one. Gabriel, that was rabid. Oh, I didn't even know that it's one. It's like one of his first movies. Uh, one second. Uh, fill, fill time. Is it the one where like uh, it's Mario and uh, and Luigi, but they're and Princess Peach, but they're they're rabbits? Yeah, it's a. Uh... <laughs> and then it's XCOM, and then like you have super awesome dash attacks and puzzles. Basically, I mean, you basically got it. Yeah. All right, here we go. Yar. So was a rabid. Yeah, rabid. Rabid. Uh, was one of his first movies starring uh ex porn star Marilyn Champers. Hey, cool. Yeah, it was from uh, 1977. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's Gabriel's protest for BSC yeah. being two and two. You can still, I mean, three more. Three more. Gabriel? All right. Are you ready for a lucky number five? Sure. The residents of a suburban high-rise apartment building are being infected by a strain of parasites that turn them into mindless, sex-crazed fiends out to infect others by the slightest sexual contact. Hmm. Is that a Cronenberg movie? Or is that just Cronenberg? I'm gonna guess it's a Cronenberg movie. Okay. Final answer? Yeah. Hi! That was Shivers from 1975. I really thought I knew this guy's movies. Apparently I don't. Yeah, a lot of the early ones you don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're like really obscure, like weird, like psychosexual horror films. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, yeah, no, I think that was like his basically like his really much, very much like his first movie, essentially. Cool. Three, for, two. He, he, he has like a, he has like a lot of early stuff that like is very like, you can tell he's built, he's working well. Canadian. Yeah. Uh, Canadian. Gabriel. Start. I know. So unprivileged god gross moving on mm-hmm. number six so now you're three two yeah all right no, number six okay okay ready a mentally disturbed man named dennis clegg takes residence in a halfway house catering to mentally disturbed people clegg has just been released from a me- mental institution uh, and in his new abode starts piece uh, pier- uh, piecing together or recreating in his memory an apparently fateful childhood event is that Joyce Carol Oates or is it David Cronenberg? I think that's Oates. I think that's Oates? Mm-hmm. Final answer? Yeah. Fuck! That was David Cronenberg's 2002 movie, Spider, starring Ray Fiennes. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I saw it. <laughs> oh, was it good? Uh, yeah. It, it was actually probably like one of like the first David Cronenberg movies I've ever seen besides like The Fly. All right. Three and three. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's got Gabe O'Byrne. Oh. Uh, moving on. So three for three for three. Mm-hmm. Gabriel, this is the tiebreaker. Oh damn! Okay. Alrighty. Okay. Last one. Okay. A group of young girls plan to kidnap, starve, and sacrifice a fellow classmate to appease an ancient Indian god of harvest. A latchkey mother, struggling with the guilt of her affair with a married man and her failure to protect her child, must sacrifice every moment of her pride and privacy to the police and press. Uh, Empress, the police Empress, when her child is mysteriously taken. The girl leading the kidnap, uh, uh, the kidnap plan, uh, shows signs of psychopathy. Uh, enjo- psychopathy. Psychopathy. I don't know. Uh, enjoying manipulating her outcast friends into the plot and framing a student teacher who did not recognize the child's unrequited love. Oats. Yes! Yes! That is the corn maiden. Another I agree. novella. I feel like I, 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 I like that sounded familiar. Yeah, um, I think that I think that was definitely one that you might have actually seen one. Gabe one, Gabriel, you done you by the skin of your teeth. I did, yeah, that uh, was harsh. I tell you what, uh, you, yeah, of those early Cronenberg movies. Yeah, huh? wow, those sound awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious, like, cause I've seen The Brood, mm-hmm. fucking very intense performance by fucking Oliver Reed, man. Who? Uh, Oliver Reed. Uh, he's a famous alcoholic. Oh. Uh, that's it, Gabriel. Good job. I win. Yay. I win. That was a battle. It was a battle. Um, that's it. We're gonna we're gonna throw it to break. When we come back. We're gonna st- to finish talking about Battle Angel Alita. Okay. Lux Volume Five. Okay. Throw us to break. All right. Bye. Welcome back. Hello, dear listener, readers. Hello, friends. Welcome Two. back. America's favorite podcast ever yeah number one fuck off cereal yeah uh johnny no thumbs approved mm-hmm. <laughs> slow readers he loves us he loves us slow readers uh gabriel yeah so let's do final thoughts we're not just doing final thoughts on this particular book we're doing final thoughts on battle angel Alita overall. oh man yeah so gabriel final thoughts on on this last volume final thoughts on the series as a whole all right um this is gonna bleed into my uh Again, really, I have only one memory from... Only two memories from this volume. 
and this is gonna bleed into my my uh, my hazy memories. Okay. Brought to you by the Brown Podcast. Um, the and podcast. It, uh, the first one is the final frames, which is figure being reunited with Alita plus nipples, and uh, and the other one, the one that I truly love, the one that I really like to like to think about is that moment, that wonderful moment where in the in the dream, Destinova sits down of Alita of Gali and like takes off his glasses for a moment and reflects on love and life. Hmm. And I think it's a real, really beautiful moment. And it reminds me that the best thing about like Alita, like a lot of manga, is that ultimately, and it would surprise you, so much of manga comes down to basic human morality and the, the value of empathy over over like destruction uh-huh. like you look at like dragon ball z you look at one piece you look at naruto and it all comes down to your protagonist is an empathetic hero even when they're bloodthirsty machines they are ultimately tied to a basic morality that requires you to empathize with a villain and i think it's a beautiful thing i love that moment i love that thought i love that memory of I, I, I said in a previous episode, like, there's that fucking thing where Desi Novo takes off his glasses and he's super sympathetic yeah. for a moment. And it's a beautiful, beautiful moment. And it, it, it that's the moment that ties this volume together for me. Because if it wasn't there, I'd be like, oh, he did that some shit. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really great... Because, like, the great thing about... Because technically that is the, quote-unquote, like, climactic battle of the entire thing. That's yeah. just, it's, it's all in the mind. And the idea that, again, the point was to wear down Alita until she has absolutely no will to fight anymore. Mm-hmm. And he essentially achieved that. However, he also became a an adopted father of her. Yeah. And basically that, like, living a life with her mm-hmm. has basically not just worn her down, but worn him down. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, no, it's followed immediately by uh, Chaos trying to invade the world as a giant den. And Destinova kind of, like, shouting about, like, like all back his thing where he's, like, he is fighting against like entropy itself and whatnot. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, like uh, the, the best stories turn your monstrous villains into tragic heroes. Yeah. And that that's, that's any story that can achieve that is amazing in my book. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's why I, I truly like, you see Destiny Nova the first time you're like, Destiny Nova. <laughs> and, or, and also you're like Edward Norton. <laughs> it's, it's an exciting thing because you, you look forward to knowing that your villains have depth. Yeah. No. Um, God, if they ever make an Alita, another movie, like, I'm so curious about, like, how they can t- take Nova and do something interesting with him, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously you can't just, you can't make him like this because I feel like he's going to come close to being, like, a Joker-esque character. Yeah. But, I don't know. Um, That's it. Uh, good, uh well, well said, Gabriel. What about you, Daniel Williams? Yeah, I don't care. This, this, this. is no, your this uh, is your jam. This is Battle Angel Alita is something you and I bonded over before you and I were even like good friends. Yeah, you were like you, you and I were like like dudes in homeroom dudes, who like comics, total fucking, and dudes. you're like read this. Yeah, uh, no, there. This is um again like uh, uh there's so much of especially this one since the end like so many of it is easy memories for me. Between the reveal of uh, the thing and whatnot, and, and, and brain that chips. moment, brain chips, um, even like that last image of the actual before the epilogue, essentially where it just it shows the spaceport city and it's just a gigantic flower mm-hmm. uh, and whatnot, like things like that, and like the last thing with Den, great. Um, now it's 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 a hard thing to always kind of measure because again, like this is it always measures up. It, it both measures up to like how I remember it and my fondness for it, and then ultimately it never does because it's always impossible to kind of. Like, it's crazy how much, like, again, like, you, Gabriel, I always say, like, you have Spider-Man and I have Alita. Yeah. Spider-Man is this giant, is this giant thing between shows, movies, comics. I wish it wasn't sometimes. It's, it, but, like, and this is something very contained. Yes. As long as you ignore Well, not anymore. Right now, but let's not talk about that. Uh, but, like, this is something very contained. So, like, this was, this was it. Like, this was basically the kind of thing that I kind of grew up on. And. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting to see how much of it it's like oh this is how I this is how I think characters heroes of like in the, like a, an ongoing action story can actually be like and whatnot, yeah. um, and it's it's very interesting thinking about like uh, especially in movies right now where Hollywood is is struggling to have like good, original content, uh, 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 strong female characters in yeah. their in their like big actiony blockbuster stuff, um, they are so bad at it. And for me, it's kind of weird how much I grew up with not only Alita but like Terminator Two, sure. Alien. Mm-hmm. Like I think the I think the one thing I grew up with that had like the male hero was like Predator. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it's kind of interesting how like I've never really 
question that like oh is such a thing possible and it's like yeah what are you talking about we had ripley yeah like all interesting. this since like the fucking 70s yeah and and this came out in like the 90s and um yeah no so it's it's very interesting exactly how much this kind of world means to me and again it has so many things that i love it is it is both it's like i would say like not like bleak but like it's like melancholy melancholy it's melancholy like it's pronounced melancholy yeah melancholy oh <laughs> uh, guys nightcrawler it's a good joke nightcrawler Anyway, um, so like it's yeah, I have so much fondness for this, just everything, and I do, I do very much appreciate. Like this is the ending of Alita for me. I, I love you, dude, for me Kishiro, too. but like this is the end mm-hmm. for me. I, I love, I, I, I love <laughs> academic golly. Like, yeah, it's, I, I love it. Well, that's canon. Yeah, yeah, uh, academic. She's like, a, she's yeah, yeah. She's in a, a big dress. She's yeah. she's the uh, 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 Alita that uh, uh, Ida wanted her to be. Yeah, a big doll. Yeah, no, I I love that page so much. <laughs> where he takes off his glasses and yeah. he sits there, like, like it's 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 beautiful, like straight up, and like guys, really, again, if you get the chance, just page through this series. It's definitely worth reading through. Maybe don't buy all fucking five super pricey ass volumes unless you really want to. <laughs> unless you're a wuss. Unless you're a fucking coward. I mean, you're, you're a wuss for not. You're doing a that, coward. Not the other way. Around. But it's a great okay. read, and I really can't recommend a series enough. Don't worry about Last Order or Mars Chronicle. Fucking chill. Also, see the movie. It's pretty see good. the movie. Movie's great. It's I great. like the movie. It's movie's really excellent. Gabriel, you yeah. did your final, uh, not final thoughts. You did your hazy memory. Pretty much. Pretty it, much. It's uh, the hazy mem- only hazy memories I have is that um is that moment that that panel that's burning on my mind of him like looking off into space, wishing that moment will last with her forever. Yeah. And her and figure nipples. Uh, and again, like yeah, it's it's uh, it's always hazy hard. memories it's brought hard. to you by Jonathan, Jonathan B. Horny. Jonathan B. Horny. Oh, uh, the Brown Podcast. Bow, Weird bow, news every week. Check it out. Oh, that's Dana. Go on. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the um, like so much of this is hazy memories because going like th- there's the bigger moments, then there's moments like for example when uh, Dan drops Kaomi on the the adopted dad, and yeah. there's like this little mini like redemptive arc that you did not see coming, uh-huh. and also the uh, the arc of uh, Kaomi. I-, I tell you what, the Kaomi stuff is nowhere near as interesting as I remember. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, it, it it well, it felt a bit forced in Volume Six, aka that first half of Deluxe Volume Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven seven actually uh-huh. Six? no seven yeah and like and yeah no it, it 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 wraps up nicely the whole idea it's like she's someone who's all dust she's like yeah we're gonna die for a cause and then he's like well you're gonna die now you know you shit, you die. things like little things little things like that the dense thing you know chaos punching amanda death fist so much of it the yeah so much of it is is a hazy memory and that really goes to show kind of like how much this was an impact on me because like there are images, there's moments, there's emotions in this that I'll never ever ever forget, and it's again this is kind of like the foundation for a lot of like the things that I've grown to like. Sure, and, you know this is your shiz nozzle. This, this is my shiz nozzle. Mm-hmm. That's on the that's going to be on the yeah. the next hardcover thing. It's Daniel Gonzalez. This is my shiz nozzle. Correct, as said by Gabriel. Yes, <laughs> uh, Gabriel. Yeah, that's it. I guess we're done with fans. Let's close the door. Let's close the door on that. Yeah. Bye bye, Alita. Chomp. Yeah. Good time. Yeah, no, it's Big tight. Door. Oh fuck, Gabriel! What are we I'm doing exhausted. Next? What are we doing next week? Next week we are going to have a special guest. We are going to be doing, uh, right? It's going to be uh, we're going to be doing. I I think it's on Strand eighty. If it's not on Strand eighty, that would be absurd. We are You're doing the seminal book by Louisa May Alcott. We are doing Little Women with favorite of the show, one of our very most loved. Jonathan um, B. Hayes. I'm sorry. No, not, not that one. <laughs> no, we like him too. He's he I. Uh, we're having Katie Ann Kamets, Katie Ann Kamets. Attack herself. She's coming Attack. on the show to talk about Little Women because that girl be a Greta Gerwig stan. Yeah, she's uh she's a little prince is on there. Yeah, uh, Little Women number thirty six actually. Oh well, great, here we go. We're doing it. I know. So definitely. Also, by the way, you know, there's like there's like other like for example on um, Goodreads, it has like the Strand eighty. Those are that's like the next most popular hit for if you just Google it and whatnot. I believe and it has like a, a different order. Oh, um, all right. So just if anyone's confused, we're going off of like the strandbooks.com. Yeah, their uh, official uh, list. Their, the list on there. So we're gonna be doing Little Women next week. I'm very excited. I'm very much enjoying the book. In case you all think we're lying about like what thing we're landing on, which I wish I have done several times. Yeah, I, I believe it. <laughs> anyway, so so yeah, we're gonna do Little Women. I'm very excited. I have the book. I've been not reading it because They're There by Tommy Orange is fucking awesome. I believe it. Uh, Gabriel. Yeah. Uh-huh. That said, uh-huh. time to plug. Gabe, why don't you go fucking plug? 
Um, ladies and gentlemen, please check out um, self-evident Asian America's stories. I contributed to that um, many months ago at this point. Um, I, uh, episode 3, the talk we're supposed to have, is my episode. Um, it's a wonderful show all about Asian America and our stories and our struggles, that kind of thing. Um, another wonderful show called Long Distance Radio, made by Emma... By Paula and Patrick. I forgot your last names, dude. But they're really cool cats. They also reposted my episode. And they're really amazing. I hope to have them on this podcast very soon. They're amazing. Check out Long Distance Radio. And um, check out Self Evident. They're just great times. Even if you're not Asian American, the stories are wonderful. Besides that, shit. I mean, give this show some stars. Give it some reviews. Come give on. it some awesome scripts. Come on. And if that's not fun catching your fancy, um, follow me on Instagram at read, like reading a book, dot Richards. Um, just DM me. We'll t- we'll chat. Well, I'll, I'm making lumpia tomorrow. We'll have a good time. Uh-huh. Daniel William, what? What's up, plug? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at Topcat Radio. You can follow me on Instagram at Slow Readers. Yeah. Uh, you can also get my fiction on Amazon right now. Uh, it's The Shadow from the Deep and A Cook in the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be fucking around with them a little bit. I don't know. Something about yeah. You're well, re-releasing it as the Dado from the Sheep. What's up? You're re-releasing it as the Dado from the Sheep. Sure. Uh, and, uh, and like, yeah, no, you can always go to TopGallonPress.com for all information on the stuff that I have out that's available right hey. now. Uh, Follow him on Instagram at Daniel Gonzalez Fiction. And there's that, too. Um, that said, I'm super busy on doing my the, my own thing and whatnot. It's going to be a while. Yeah. Uh, that said, uh, that's, the end, that's the end of the show. <laughs> we're, we're so tired. Yeah, it's been a long day. It's been a long day? No, it hasn't. Not really. No, I've been. I, I'm sleepy. Yeah, whatever. I've been drinking wine. That's. I'm fine. gonna play Undertale. All right, that's the end of the show. You should. All right, you should stop the thing. Bye. This has been a Top Gallant Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topgallantradio.com. Radio.